You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why would you listen to any other Eagles <laughs> podcast? With John Stolness and Brandon Lee Gowden. You are listening to BGN Radio, your source for the best Eagles news and analysis in the game. This is episode 57, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. That's K-I-S-T. Today, I am joined by the man that makes BGN Radio what it is. He is the kingmaker over at Bleeding Green Nation. He is Brandon Lee Gowton. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Brandon. How you doing, brother? Mike, doing good. Another day of Eagles practice to talk about, so let's get to it. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into like the whole discussion and into the main topics that we have here today, which is going to be what happened at organized team activities earlier in the day, I want to give a quick update on what you can expect from the BGN feed this week. The Kiston Solak show will return tomorrow. We'll be starting out our yearly installment of the Eye on the Enemy series, where we take an in-depth look at the Eagles divisional rivals and other teams we feel will be big-time contenders in the NFL season upcoming. Those will take us right through the better part of the summer. So make sure that if you have a friend, for whatever reason, that is a Giants fan, that you tell them to tune in because we're starting off the series with the New York Giants. Again, that'll be tomorrow. Also, you're going to get a fresh QB SCO show with myself and Mark Schofield this week. We're going to cover a range of topics, and we're also really excited to talk about the conclusion of Deadwood. Also, your regularly scheduled BGN Radio later this week with John Stolness and Brandon Lee Gowton will be there for you on Friday morning, like clockwork, just like it is every week. So stay tuned for all of that and more by subscribing to Bleeding Green Nation podcast and whatever app you're using to listen to this. And while you're here, if you would kindly see your way to the Apple podcast review section, drop a line telling everybody how much your life was complete. Once you subscribe to the BGN radio feed, leave five stars. Uh, BLG, would you believe that when I checked earlier today that we are a mere two five-star ratings away from 900 total five-star ratings? Would you please use the powers available to you as Supreme Leader of BGN, encourage at least two gentle listeners, hopefully more, to make their voice heard about the type of Eagles coverage they want in their life? Gentle listener, you may not know this based on how Michael Kiss edits this podcast, but he's having some <laughs> trouble getting through this segment, and only you can help him by... <laughs> You know, using your power to go there into the – and it's not iTunes anymore, apparently. iTunes is dying. It's, uh, you know, Apple Podcast, right? Yeah. And it's not just for us. I mean, obviously, we would greatly appreciate if you leave us ratings, reviews, all that feedback. It's also for – yourself and your fellow Eagles fan. Think about it. You know, you have other Eagles fans out there that might not know about BGN Radio and you, the gentle listener, being a good person can help share this podcast. If you like it, obviously you're listening to it. There could be someone in your life or someone else out there that could benefit from listening as well. And by doing your duty 
to leave these ratings and reviews, then not only can you help cure Michael Kist, but you can also (laughs) share the good word with the people out there. So please do it. Thank you. See, this is where this comes in. My my experience as a podcaster, I know when I'm struggling, I'm just going to kick it right back to you. So one more thing before we get to OTA talk, organized team activities on June 3rd, I want to talk about Joe Douglas. And it is kind of tied in with OTAs because he was there and apparently the Jets are done with their round of interviews and they have not made a hire yet what was joe douglas up to today blg well he was not wearing jet gear mike mm. which is surprising because mike lombardi said he wants to leave the eagles and <laughs> maybe that'll happen you know i'm not i'm not <laughs> doubting that joe douglas could leave um he had his interview apparently they had dinner with the jets on saturday night and then the formal interview was on sunday and now the jets interviewed champ kelly from the bears and i think if reports are to be believed, media reports, I think that's really the only four candidates they were talking to. It was Scott Fitterer from the Seahawks, mm. Terry Fontenot from the Saints, and then uh, Joe Douglas and Champ Kelly. So it's possible that they've interviewed all the guys they wanted to, and we'll see what decision they make now. So maybe as soon as, by the time this podcast comes out, Joe Douglas will be hired by the Jets. We'll see. It seems like a decision is coming there soon, though. So I guess we'll see one way or the other if Joe Douglas is leaving or not. Yeah, the clock is ticking on that. If anything happens between the time that we record and this thing gets uploaded, I will definitely throw in an update in there for the listeners. But let's talk about some organized team activities that went down today, Monday, June 3rd at the Novacare Complex. Uh, I actually want to change it up. Normally, we swoon over Carson Wentz for the first 10 (laughs) minutes, and we're still going to do it at some point. There's a reason he's starting to get more buzz as we inch closer to the season, but I actually wanted to start on the defensive side of the ball. From the sounds of it, the defensive backs, they're just out there having fun. And I remember seeing Russell Douglas go around with a microphone interviewing players in the locker room, including asking uh, Cravon LeBlanc why they call him straps. And LeBlanc just like his face just lit up. They seem to be like a really tight group. And speaking of cornerbacks, just talking about the youth of the group, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Cravon LeBlanc will all be 25 when the season starts. Uh, Rasul Douglas, Avanti Maddox, and Sidney Jones are 23. Even the guys like Jeremiah McKinnon and Josh Hawkins are like 25 and 26, respectively. With all that youth at the position, you're really hoping that a couple of them can have a serious breakout. And barring injury, like my money is on Sidney Jones, who Doug Peterson made a note of today for playing really well. I could definitely see it for Rasul Douglas. Peterson also praised him for having a good spring process. And even a more established guy like Darby, I've always been very high on him. I think he's got legitimate Pro Bowl potential. And you just hope he's recovered from the ACL and has a full healthy season. Overall, there's a ton of competition in that group and a ton of potential. If you had to guess, BLG, water gun to your head, as they say on Birds with Friends, Friends of the Podcast, uh, do you have a favorite for a breakout candidate from that group based on what you've seen at OTAs or just in general? Yeah, um, good question. I mean, do I consider Avante Maddox a breakout player? I think he could be. Yeah, he had that good rookie season last year, obviously, and he had some struggles later in the year. But Avante Maddox just makes plays on the ball. Like, that's yeah. something that's very – like, you can't watch an Eagles practice and miss Avante Maddox. It's like, <laughs> whoa, where was he today? No, you're going to see him because he's always going to make a play on the ball. He did today with a pass breakup on a Clayton Thorson pass to uh, Braxton Miller there. It was in Miller's hands. He was about to make a nice catch on it, and nope. Uh, in comes Avante Maddox flying in, knocks it out of his hand. So that's something you see from him. I think Avante Maddox has to be on the field. That's something we've said in previous OTA recaps uh, that he's just he's makes too much plays to not be on the field in some capacity, no matter where he lines up. And he was lining up again in the nickel today, as opposed to last week where he was on the outside. 
Um, and Sidney Jones was back on the outside today. And Russell Douglas, obviously, with the first team defense as well. I just love the energy those guys bring. And obviously, they're a younger position group, as you touched on there, Mike. But also, they're a little bit more experienced now. You know, this mm. isn't like a group of rookies like they were, you know, with Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas being rookies in 2017 or Maddox being a rookie last year. Like these, these guys have some experience under their belt. And I think that kind of only <laughs> helps their swagger. Like they're, they're even more confident than they were before having that uh, NFL experience now. And I like to see that. And it's fun. It's just they're a fun group to watch. Uh, a moment that stood out to me in practice today was it's not kind of super consequential, but they were doing a special team drill where Russell Douglas is lining up as a gunner. And it was Trey Sullivan and Jeremiah McKinnon, I think, or someone, one of the other defensive backs as jammers. And they got a good jam on Rizul at the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, they, the whistle blows, the drill is over. But, like, Trey Sullivan just starts to, like, windmill dunk over Rizal <laughs> as if there was, like, a hoop behind. It's just kind of, like, it's small things like that. They're just kind yeah. of funny. Like, that group just loves to have fun. Um, and they're always talking and they're laughing and they just have a really good energy around them. So they're having fun. They're competing. And, and you know, another reason you mentioned it, Sidney Jones, a rookie in 2017, but really had mostly a redshirt year, didn't show up until week 17 against the Dallas Cowboys, started on the outside. I thought he played well, really had his rookie season in 2018 and started out really hot. Like people forget how good Sidney Jones played in those first three games, especially in the Colts game. And look, the hamstring injury, things start to go downhill, doesn't play as well, sees a little bit of struggles. There's some communication issues. I remember some in the Titans game with him and Corey Graham. They weren't on the same page. Those things are going to happen when you're a young player and there's changes in the defensive backfield. So again, if he's healthy, like he's the guy I'm really looking for and keeping it with the defensive backfield, let's go to safeties. Malcolm Jenkins is still a no-show. No word on if he'll return to mandatory minicamp, which starts on June 11th. I think we've made it pretty clear, at least me and you have, BLG, that if it's a matter of money that the Eagles need to pay the man, so we'll continue to update you on that situation. Beyond that, Rodney McLeod was participating for the first time in front of the media. Uh, he's a guy that when I went back to his film, speaking of guys that really balled out in the beginning of the season, you kind of forget about. When I went back to his film early in the season, he was super impressive to start the season. He was creating turnovers. He was making plays on the ball in the air. He was sniffing out route combinations. He showcased a knack for overlapping zones and getting into throwing lanes. His tackling efficiency was improved, although it was a small sample size. Always been a bit of a bugaboo for him badly missed in that secondary throughout the year. Now, McLeod would obviously go on to restructure his deal after missing the bulk of the season with a torn MCL last year, which saved the Eagles $5 million this year. His 2020 year becomes avoidable, so we don't know if this is going to be his last year as a Philadelphia Eagle, which is why the Eagles showed such heavy interest in bringing in safeties on official visits in the pre-draft process, even though ultimately they didn't draft one. Instead, they opted to go offense heavy in the first two rounds. But BLG, it is good to see McLeod back. Uh, it's a storyline I haven't heard mention of too much, and I think that needs to change based on how he played last year. In what capacity was McLeod involved in OTAs today? Yeah, so McLeod, for the first time in front of the media, at least, you know, for all I know, he could have been practicing when we weren't there last week. But first time in front of the media, uh, he was warming up with the team like he has been, and then he did some individual work, and then I... Pretty sure I saw him doing some group install with the defense. So that seems like pretty good to me. Uh, you know, not doing team drills yet, but the fact that he's doing something, you know, seems to be a good sign. 
and probably points that he'll be back sooner than later, uh, much better than doing nothing or not even being there at practice at all, as is the case with like a Fletcher Cox or a Brandon Brooks, you know, guys mm. that who are still kind of on the mend and healing. So that was encouraging to see. And I think one thing we might forget about with Rodney McLeod was how good he was in the Super Bowl. Like he was awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's not always going to be that player. I don't think he's a superstar talent by any means. He can show up. He can have the, those big games. He's a good player, the very least. And he's and he's aggressive. And when, when he gets on, he's a scent hound. He gets on it, man. Yeah. I So I think getting Rodney back is kind of like an underrated addition. You know, if he can get healthy and be effective coming off this ACL slash MCL injury that he suffered early in the season last year. So hopefully... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of just continues to progress nicely. It was good to see him back there today at practice, kind of getting one step closer. And there are obviously some other guys, too, that are uh, making their way back. Yeah, let's stay on the injury tip here. Doug Peterson had a lot of lower body injuries to report. The media was kind of giving him crap at the beginning of the press conference. So he talked about those a lot during his press conference. Do you have a list there of players that were not in attendance or just out today? Yeah, so the usual guys were out in terms of, you know, Alshon, Lane Johnson, um, they're not attending OTAs. Um, who Malcolm Jenkins, obviously. Mm-hmm. Derek Burnett hasn't been able to practice, I guess, still coming off of that shoulder. Jason Peters, obviously not. And not, doesn't need to be at OTAs at 37 yeah. years old. Um, <laughs> so Nigel Bradham, Jalen Mills, Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, um, all those guys were out. Miles Sanders still isn't practicing, which is a bummer. Uh, you know, last week, Adam Schefter said that he was apparently, like, good to return. And that yeah. you know, his hamstring injury wasn't serious. And I'm hoping that's still the case. Uh, Doug Peterson just said that he's being cautious with Miles Sanders. It's a bummer, though. You know, you want to see him out. Like, he's one of the more interesting pra- or players we could possibly be watching in mm. these practices. Um, so hopefully, maybe he'll be out there. They, they practice next on Wednesday the 5th. If not, hopefully he'll be there for minicamp so we don't have to wait until <laughs> training camp in July. Nelson Aguilar wasn't practicing today. Not sure what's up with that. Could just be a day off. And then Mac Hollins, Mike, he exists still. He's alive. <laughs> There's proof of this. I saw him running on a side <laughs> field. He was moving pretty well. That's great to see. It's encouraging. Uh, and then Doug Peterson said he's, quote unquote, optimistic that Mac Hollins will be ready for training camp. So hopefully that continues to go well there. That was that was after the media pressed him a little bit on it, too. He, he, yes. You could tell he really didn't. He wanted to be vague about it. He actually said that. He goes, oh, you want to start out vague? OK, we'll talk about Mac. <laughs> well, I'm glad he said optimistic. Uh, that makes me optimistic that he will finally be ready to be back because it's been too long. I miss Mac. I was watching yeah. some on a side tangent here. I was watching some of the um, I was watching Carson Wentz's 2017 highlights and Mac showed up there, you know, a decent amount. Not like a huge role, obviously, but he, he did contribute to the 2017 team. Like he mm-hmm. was some kind of piece and hopefully, you know, he can get back to that. That would be nice to see. Josh Adams was running alongside Matt Collins, so he's working back from that shoulder injury that he has. Uh, and then Ronald Darby, Corey Clement, and Carlton Agudosi, uh, very important. Uh, they were all doing some rehab stuff, so uh, those guys are on the mend as well. Yeah, you mentioned Matt Collins and some of the highlights. Uh, I remember that the in 2017, it was the bomb against the Washington Redskins that, that went for six. That yeah. was a big play for Holland, so hopefully he can do more of that for the Eagles. It is encouraging to just see him at all so that's great one more question on the defensive side of the ball for you before we go to break and then we'll talk some offense but Vinny Curry is back and from what he described was a long offseason essentially and he is very hyped up to be back here in Philadelphia we're definitely glad to have him back with the Chris Long retirement news coupling coupled with that but he's not only hyped to be back he was hyped during practice today is that right yeah uh I don't know why but for some reason you know Carson Wentz fires a slant 
uh, or to JJ Arcega Whiteside on a slam, JJ Arcega Whiteside like drops it, and Vinny Curry is just like going nuts. <laughs> he's he's literally just barking like a dog, and then Timmy Jernigan runs up to him. He's like, "All right, all right, oh," and I was like, "Guys, you know it's June. I mean, I love the energy. It's great, yeah. but it's like it's it's just kind of funny. It made me laugh. Um, was he it, was he even in the vicinity of the play? Like kind of. Like, I don't. Maybe a little bit. Like maybe he got his hands up and he kind of made like Wentz lead it a little too much. But like yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I just think it's it's funny <laughs> to see that. Um, one more note quickly on the defense that I'll touch on is that Zach Brown was practicing for the first mm. time today. He had been at practice last week after missing the first week entirely, but he didn't participate last week. Don't know if that was injury injury related or what, um, but he's running with the second team right now. It's actually him and LJ Fort, Kamu Gruje Hill and everyone's favorite Nate Gary were the, the first team yeah. linebackers. And there's, there's obviously time for things to change there, but I do think it's a little interesting that the Eagles like aren't just handing Brown the starting job. And I think that's yeah. fine to kind of make him work for it a little bit. And Zach Brown was talking with the media after the practice. And he was talking about the culture that they, they kind of have in Philadelphia by saying, you know, there aren't really clicks. I, I got the running backs right by me over here and I could talk with them. I could talk with the offensive linemen. I could talk with the wide receivers. Like it's not real clicky in Philadelphia. Maybe that's a big change for him for what he is used to in Washington. It really wouldn't surprise me. And when we come back here on BGN Radio episode 57, we're going to be talking about the offensive side of the ball because we have to get to Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson. Otherwise, it would not be BGN Radio. So keep it locked in here. We'll be back right after this. And we are back here on BGN Radio, episode 57, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist here with Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon. I was going through the timeline today, and let me tell you, I could not scroll too far without coming across either a tweet or an article about Boston Scott, including, <laughs> I think, Benjamin Solak's going to have an article up on BleedingGreenNation.com about Boston Scott. But Doug Peterson was asked a question about a specific role, and that was the name that came up. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I mean, sometimes Ben takes a while to get articles done. They're always <laughs> great. I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. But this one, I mean, it's already up now, Mike. Ben already has this article up about Boston Scott. And, and to be fair to Ben, he actually wrote the Boston Scott signs to the Eagles roster from the Saints practice squad. So he's been over this the whole time. He's he has he has renounced his love for Donald Pumphrey. He is, he is part of the hashtag Boston Scott Hive. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to be down on Boston Scott. I'm not <laughs> saying anything bad. Like it's, but it's not like he necessarily did anything or has done anything like out of this world in spring practices. It's just kind of funny that uh, Doug Peterson was asked about Darren Sproles, kind of like who could fit in his role. Uh, this was from uh, Mike Silski. I don't know if Mike was purposely trying to get Doug Peterson to bring up Boston Scott without saying his name or because, you know, that would make sense if it was right. kind of like a, a nice little natural leading question there. But it's definitely worth noting that Doug threw that out, you know, because it's one thing when you ask a coach about a player directly and then they praise that guy. Like, that's that's fine. That's great. But yeah. it's another thing, or at least it can be another thing, if you ask him a question and he kind of unprompted brings up a player. And that's mm. what happened here with Boston Scott. So that's probably a, a decent sign for Boston Scott's stock. And as I've talked about with you, Mike, when you look at this punt returner situation, you know, it's Donald Pumphrey, it's Boston Scott, and then it's Deshaun Jackson. And, you know, none of those guys other than Deshaun, who could be probably just more of a rotational guy as a punt returner, 
um, is a is surefire roster lock, but maybe, you know, Scott kind of has a good uh, lead there potentially for that fourth running back spot. You know, he can return. Uh, he can, in theory, you know, catch passes and kind of be that Darren Sproles profile mold of a player. I think he's looked fine in practice. I don't have anything bad to say, but I don't think he's absolutely lit it up either. And I, and I, to be fair, to me, like running backs, you know, they don't, they typically don't like stand out a ton and, you know, these kind of practices, it's just different, you know, when you can't have the defense actually tackle them, Uh, you just don't get to see the full, you know, what they have. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Boston Scott can do this off season, but, uh, and I'm not anyway against the hive. I would never want to invoke the wrath of the Boston Scott hive, but uh, I just, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more from him is what I'll say. I was going to ask you, but you already kind of addressed it. What could he have possibly done in the span of of the past couple of weeks to just be like okay this is the new darren sproles i mean <laughs> it, darren sproles they don't grow on trees man I, and and we are just talking about a role and he does it's funny because he's got like a similar build to height weight all that stuff and you know he's a shifty kind of guy but we'll see when preseason comes you know can he pick up certain blitzes is he breaking tackles you know is he taking care of the ball on special teams in that live fire so that'll be really where he earns it but it's encouraging to see that he might have a path to the roster and we're getting some better overall running back play out of this group than what we got last year that's going to be extremely important for this offense and speaking of being important for the offense especially in the long term Jordan Mailata had some struggles today he was benched bench today super serious news with Jordan Mailata I mean the experiment's over uh you know <laughs> rain it in uh yeah, two plays I think a couple plays uh after uh false starting so you know something he has to work on I think he's done an okay, uh, okay job overall with the first team unit. You know, he's going up against Brandon Graham, so it's not a, it's not an easy uh, assignment for him. And I saw at one point Brandon Graham and Jordan Mailata kind of, you know, they gave each other like a high five or whatever. Nice. I didn't see exactly what happened there. Maybe that's that's Graham kind of giving him some respect, uh, impressed with him, or maybe they kind of just got a little tussled up and I just want to make sure uh, everything was clean and good yeah. and you know, nothing happened uh, that was too dirty on purpose same thing with the running back position like to me it's just kind of hard to get that full gauge of what you're getting out of your linemen when you know they can only really they're limited in what they can really do and and you know it's not like Brandon Graham is uh, absolutely going all out to bear down on Carson Wentz and try to actually hit him and hurt him because that would not be very good so mm. Tough to get a real good gauge, but he certainly looks the part still. I mean, obviously, we know that Jordan Malad is huge, but just like that kind of just reinforces it. Just looking at him today, I was like, man, he's just so big. It would sure would be nice to have him really be what people are kind of like, they're putting unfair expectations on him, in my opinion. But if he can, if he can be like a solid NFL player, that is some fantastic depth <laughs> that you have a tackle for the Eagles uh, in 2019 and moving forward, which would be great for protecting quarterback. Speaking of the quarterback, BLG, I can't believe we've gotten this far without really digging into Carson Wentz's performance, but let's get into it. Let's talk about the chemistry being built between Wentz and Deshaun Jackson, because as you said on Twitter, Wentz really seems to have a fondness for throwing to Deshaun. And I, and I know I've often said that their route trees, that being you know what Carson Wentz throws well versus what Deshaun Jackson runs well, I've often said those two marry really well. And I don't think I've cited the actual statistic behind that in a while, but that comes from Sharp Football, friend of the show, Warren Sharp. Uh, the reason I say that they line up and marry well is because in terms of success rate, you're talking about out routes, curls, digs comebacks, slants, they're all throws that Carson makes with regularity, has a high success rate, and they're all routes 
that Deshaun Jackson sees success with as well. So it's not just the deep ball, but of course we're going to talk about the deep ball, but that is an attractive part of it for sure. BLG, how was the new pairing coming along? It's really, it's looking really good, Mike. Uh, <laughs> same thing as last week. It's just Carson, it almost feels like he's throwing to Deshaun in every play, which is hashtag too much Deshaun is the new hashtag <laughs> too much Ertz. Yeah. Although that'd be a really good problem to have. I think yeah, if Carson yeah. is throwing to Deshaun a lot and he, and it's not like he's forcing the ball his way. I want to be clear on that. It's not like, you know, everyone's covered, you know, he's, he's forcing a ball to Deshaun and someone else is running wide open. No, like Deshaun is getting open. And to be fair, you know, this kind of practice environment is what Deshaun Jackson should dominate. You know, they can't really touch him. They can't get his hands on him. There's no press. And, you know, so he, he has a lot of freedom to get open. Uh, but still, I mean, like other players have that same thing, and they're not nearly as dominant as Deshaun has been in these practices. It's not just the speed, although you still see that there. Um, very much so. A play today where Deshaun is running on a crosser, and Wentz hits him, and poor Stanford undrafted rookie free agent Joey Alfieri uh, somehow is lined up with uh, trying to get Deshaun out of bounds or tackle him. And sure. the guy just yeah didn't stand a chance. Deshaun got up the sideline in a quick hurry. Uh, you see the speed there. Uh, Wentz had a deep completion to Deshaun. That was good to see. He had another one that Wentz underthrew a little bit and was broken up by Jeremiah McKinnon. Not exactly you know, the most fearsome defensive back. So I think I just, from what I take from that is the timing could still afford to improve on the deep ball with Wentz and Deshaun. And I think that'll come. They'll get those reps, not only here, but in training camp as well. Really, usually not a problem for Wentz. You're telling me that no. I, I got a guy that can outrun my deep ball. You really want to see, you know, a moonshot from Wentz. I think Deshaun's going to get it out of him. Yeah, if anything, usually you see Wentz like overthrowing yeah. maybe a little bit as opposed to another throw. But the other thing that stands out about Deshaun is his route running. Like, yeah. There was a play today where he just got wide open in the back corner of the end zone. And I wasn't looking right at him the whole play, so I don't know exactly how it happened. But it happened some, like, there was some reason why he was just standing there all by himself. And I think that stood out a lot uh, with Deshaun, just his ability to get open, not only using his speed, but his, you know, just precision route running. So that's good to see as well. Those two guys, Wentz and Deshaun, clearly just already have a strong chemistry. And that's really just impressive. I mean, these guys haven't had a lot of time to work with each other. I think the chemistry speaks to both uh, the talent of both of those players, like Carson Wentz being really good and Deshaun being really good and just being able to kind of make almost any quarterback look even better than hmm. they already are. So uh, great to see those guys, you know, really teaming up, um, especially. And, you know, part of this is because, you know, Al Alshon Jeffrey isn't here, which yeah. is kind of a, a bummer. And I'd like to kind of go on that a little bit mm -hmm. more, Mike, is that like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to get all old man yells at cloud on Alshon. <laughs> uh, it's voluntary. I get it. But one of the biggest things with him and Wentz is like they haven't had a lot of practice time. Because in 2017, yeah. it was uh, Alshon who was dealing with that, you know, uh, torn rotator cuff. He missed a lot of training camp last year. Both Alshon and Wentz didn't really, you know, practice much in the offseason because they were both hurt. Mm. And it would just be nice if, you know, Alshon was out there and he was kind of building more of a rapport with Wentz because we need to see that. That was something we didn't see enough, really, in 2018. And maybe those guys will figure it out in training camp. So I'm not trying to say, you know, it's all over and just because he's not at OTAs. But 
uh, and maybe even at minicamp next week, you know, Alshon will be back and those two guys will get something going. But I'd like to see that with those two building a chemistry. So hopefully we see that happen. Yeah, I could definitely see your point there because they really have, I mean, they've really kind of mistimed things with their injuries and, and all the offseason stuff with them. So building that chemistry as Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson are doing right now would be fantastic. And, you know, you talk about other guys who are missing time. Why is it important? It's not as important for Alshon Jeffrey because he's a veteran. He doesn't, you know, need to necessarily have to learn the playbook at this stage. He's he already knows it. But for a guy like Miles Sanders, that's a little more important, especially when it comes to like picking up pass protections, which was a weakness for him in college. So it's not that big of a deal, but you do want to see him there. And again, we're we're not trying to yell at the cloud, as BLG said, but at the same time, yeah, you do want to be able to develop that chemistry between Jeffrey and Wentz. I'm sure it'll be fine once the season starts, training camp starts, they'll get into the rhythm and everything will be nice and rosy but right now i mean i i definitely would like to see them building a rapport with each other because it it always kind of felt like and i think uh, a lot of the fans have echoed this statement to me as well that jeffrey and wentz weren't as cohesive as jeffrey and Foles. so hopefully they can erase that this season moving forward blg any other notes on the offensive side of the ball before we get out of here today not really um you know this is the final week of ota practice wednesday will be the final ota practice open to the media that's june 5th and then next week obviously begins mandatory minicamp it'll be the 11th and the 12th those will be the really two days of practice that they have that are actual really kind of worthwhile the the last day this will be thursday the 13th is usually kind of just like a bs day it's the getaway day it's like the last day of summer basically uh for the guys and they kind of run through like a light practice and then it's all over so we will be here with you as always breaking it down giving you the updates so we'll be back on wednesday with another post ota update you know hopefully things continue to go well Carson Wentz continues to look good you know it's great to see again you you talk about this team and their upside for all the skepticism that there is out there about Carson Wentz and I there's a good amount there's a decent amount you see from people uh it's kind of hard and like they might be like oh these practices don't mean anything well I mean if that's your take like okay great but like i'm telling you he looks good and i'm not <laughs> making that up like he's right. I, and what else am i supposed to say like he's right. looking good like that's what that's the reality of what it is right now and when you see that it's hard not to get excited about what that optim or what that kind of projection could be for this season so uh i've been saying for a long time now that i'm much more excited for the 2019 season than i was for the 2018 season just because in part like last year felt like one big year and now it feels like a fresh start a new year Carson Wentz is healthy so I'm really excited I mean I just keep only getting more excited by seeing Carson Wentz look good so hopefully they they just keep that kind of positive momentum going here yeah I think the only thing that can derail this team and you talked about you know you alluded to last year just being one long year between 2017 2018 like a bridge like the season really never got started and then you know they ranked 31st in adjusted games loss it doesn't feel like that this year. I feel like the the parade is a long time ago, and now this team has to go out there and prove themselves. So we'll keep you updated here at BGN Radio. We are definitely excited for this Philadelphia Eagles team entering this summer. We're going to have tons of content for you, as I told you at the top of the show. New Kiss and Solak show, new QB Sco show, another BGN Radio coming to you this week. As they do press conferences, we'll throw up some at the podiums. But that's going to do it for us today. And BLG, I've had such a problem, such an awkward ending to so many of these episodes because I, I, I'm not the regular host here on BGN Radio. Usually it's John Stolness, but we get together for these. So I'm going to I'm gonna import uh, an ending that I have from the Kiston Solak show to really help me get through this. So we all we got, you want to pitch in for the all we need? 
We all we need. Fly equals fly. No, it's just as awkward, VLG. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. Been a little too nice to y'all. Now I got up price for y'all. Snake eyes on dice for y'all. Shoulders on ice for y'all. Frozen. A6 all the hate. I won't get a ball today. Got lost in the ball and A's. I'm flipping the balls. I'm flipping the B-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.